0: Welcome to Kareem and the Coach, featuring your hosts Kareem Rush and the Coach Eric Newman. With their unique insights and connections, you never know who'll stop by or what's on the game plan. The one thing we can guarantee is some exciting combo. It's time to check ball. Now here's Kareem and the Coach.
1: Good afternoon, Sports World. The coach, Eric Newman and Kareem Rush. We are live. We are March live. 9th. March 9th. I can't believe it's March 9th. We are live in the midst of the madness. What's good, my man?
2: Happy Friday, brother. Not Happy much. Friday. Here out here in uh, back of my old stomping grounds of Los Angeles for a little bit, handling some business. Uh, but looking forward to a, a great show with you today. Yeah, man. Yeah. How's Talk LA basketball? How's L.E. treating you? It's not bad. You know, you can't really fight the weather. I did miss that, you know, being that I was in Kansas City, you know, dealing with snow and sleet. So getting that uh, LA's that Southern California sunshine is good for the mental and the body. Uh, and actually I just found out that uh, the Big Three Combine, which I'm participating in, starts in, in April. Uh, oh, wow. I thought I thought yeah, I thought it was March or June, but they pushed it up to April, April eleventh. So gearing up for that, uh, it's going to be a very competitive Combine. I where's like where,
1: where's that going to be?
2: Is out here in LA? Uh, I forgot. I think it's either UCLA or one some school, but only 19 spots available. And last year was like 200 guys at the combine, so it's going to be uh, it's going to be a, it's going to be tough. But I'm your boys ready.
1: Oh, we gotta we gotta make some we gotta make some stuff
2: happen yeah. out there. Absolutely. 11th is the day. The draft the big three draft is on April 12th. My brother Jeron's birthday. So that's a very it must be in the cards that I'm, I'm, I'm going to get drafted this year.
1: That's great, man. That's great. Well, the big three is uh, is, a, is a heck of a invention and product, and uh, I think it would be great to uh, get ourselves involved with that from a storytelling standpoint as, you know, so many of those guys, when you think about it, played at such an interesting time and had unique experiences in the NBA. So we should uh, – we should talk more about that offline, but uh, that is easy. We, we yeah. got.
2: There. I mean, I know Roger Mason, the, the commissioner. We do some other stuff. Our same draft class, so i have known Roger. We played against each other since we were in I think eleven. I, I remember there you playing go. against five Yeah, we took second place in nationals. So yeah, big three. That's easy. So let's get into the NBA March Madness. What are we talking about today?
1: Well, you know, as I've been saying and and posting on social media, you know, I feel like. We are experiencing our own March Madness in the NBA. It All is. these teams are so bunched up. One win one night, one loss another. You can go from three to seven or eight at at, at one time. So, you know, for me, I can't get it out of my mind. I'm watching last night's Celtics game. Which featured a you know just a terrific win on the road. They've won six of seven since the All Star break. Should have been seven of seven. They had the Houston game on national TV Saturday night, and let it slip away. But the Jalen Brown near nightmare, yeah, really really rattled me last night. And um, I don't know if you saw it live. I did. And you know after the Gordon Hayward injury opening night. And we've seen so many unfortunate, horrific-looking sports injuries. Like I couldn't watch the replay. Yeah. And thankfully, Jalen got up, but you know he he caught himself on the way down and was able to twist far enough, I think, to his side, and tuck his head so he didn't break his neck. Yeah. But that was scary.
2: I mean, it could have been easily one of those. You know, those things you never want to see again, you know, from football having paralysis. You know, that's when I first thought, and I was like, oh my God, like, I hope he, the fact that he got up, uh, you know, I'm, I know Jalen, I got a chance to work out with him, to, you know, before, before he got drafted. So, amazing kid, you know, really smart kid. So, Happy to see him doing well. You know, not only you know this year, but you know being able to walk off, walk away from injury. I'm sure, I'm sure he's sore. I had, I had something similar happen to right. me.
1: Kareem, you're getting a little choppy over there, so I'll Am take it for a moment before your uh, your LA signal gets better. But you know, the the Celtics right now are really flying below the radar. Our first bout of technical difficulties. I don't know. I don't know if that's uh, the distance between us, or it just might be that March Madness is in the air. It could be. As we were saying. Quickly, just, you know, thankfully Jalen Brown's okay, um, and you hate to see any of that. But what I will say about the Boston Celtics is everyone's saying, you know, obviously LeBron James is, is playing at one of his um, – just the guy's playing at another level, right?
2: Well, and, according to him, his best, his best ever, which is hard to say, but hey,
1: yeah, he's playing great. He, and the um, – and the Raptors are, are holding it down. So if everybody wants to sleep on the Celtics, that's fine. But Marcus Morris and his scoring off the bench and Marcus Smart with his do-everything-winning plays off the bench, um, those things were just beyond spectacular last night in, in their world win. Let me ask you something. When it comes to teams amping for the playoffs, and knowing that they're ready to make that long run what are some of the things you're looking for i mean
2: as soon as you get out of the all star break it's kind of downhill and that's when you start to gear it up you know so you know, veteran players, they know that's when, you know, it's time to kind of take it to the next level and really kind of focus in on, you know, getting ready for, you know, the playoffs. That's what it's all about. You know, in the NBA is winning championships and competing. That's where legends are made in the playoffs. You know, so guys that, you know, want to compete for championships, knowing that, you know, 20 games to go in the season, is really time to buckle down and get focused and, and get ready for, the you know, the
1: playoff push. I mean, I can't believe how quickly this schedule is moving right now. Um, I mean, we're 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 T minus five weeks from the NBA playoffs. That's crazy. Yeah. Five weeks. So who are you concerned with right now and who are you liking right now? And it doesn't have to be East or West. We just we just know all these teams are bunched up. So who are you liking and who are you concerned with? Uh, Liking, obviously, you know, I'm liking the Rockets. Uh,
2: I think they really, you know, pose a, a serious threat to the Warriors, um, you know, watching them and seeing, I think they're 33 and one when, uh, when CP James and Compella plays, you know, so, you know, they're playing, you know, 17 in a row, you know, playing the best, but it's a bunch of teams that are playing well. You know, I'm, uh, I was really about uh, a- Anthony Davis and the Pelicans, but he went down with an injury uh, team that I'm. So down again. I mean, you high on the Celtics. I'm kind of, I'm kind of lukewarm with them. I know Marcus just came back and played an amazing game last night, and he's definitely that, you know, that expector for them. You know, especially from a defensive-minded standpoint, I think he's that defensive leader that they need. Uh, you know, on a night-to-night basis, to kind of bring that toughness, you know, to them. Uh, I think, you know, like you said, you know, Marcus Morris coming back and providing that scoring points, Greg Monroe kind of implementing himself in there, and those guys, uh, Jalen Brown, hopefully, you know, coming back from this injury, uh, you know, continued to build on, you know, this year and, you know, kind of get his legs back under him, same with Tate Tatum. You know, I think Boston's going to be good, but, you know, we, we'll see what happens. Uh, not really scared about any teams. Like, a lot of teams are playing well, you know, so like, a lot of those guys are, you know, bunched up. So the, like, the next 20 games, can going really kind of, you know, see where, where everybody is.
1: You hit on some great points there, and Monroe is not going to wow you with the box score, but his presence with that second unit has helped so much. And the other thing regarding that second unit is Terry Rozier has grown into this almost lethal weapon off the bench. The amount of rest that Kyrie Irving is able to get in the midst of games and be fresh for the fourth quarter is kind of scary at this point. And and that's one of the reasons why, other than my allegiance to the Green (laughs) That's one of the reasons why I'm so confident about this team come postseason, because Kyrie is going to be just raring to go. And whether it's Marcus Smart, uh, Jalen Brown, Terry Rozier, Jason Tatum, these guys have gathered so much experience that I think they're going to be a very, very dangerous team. At the same time, we both, I think, will agree that this is not the same Toronto Raptor team we've seen in the past. Their depth has gotten better. They've gotten younger. They're more athletic. I just don't see them beating the Celtics or Cavs in a seven-game series. Correct me if I'm wrong, or do you agree? I think – I'm not
2: saying they can't. Uh, you know, I think a lot of your judgment is based on their past playoff experiences. You know, Kyle Ivey the last few years had not had a good playoffs. You know, DeMar has never been that alpha male to really lead the team throughout the playoffs. They both struggled. Uh, but I think this year, you know, I think it may be a different. I mean, it takes time. You know, you got to – first you get to the playoffs, you may lose. You keep progressing year by year, and I think this may be the year for them to kind of take the next step and, and compete. You know, uh, on paper, you know, they playing well, first place, clinch the playoff spot. You know, De- DeMar is playing at the MVP caliber level. Their bench is amazing. Um, you know, shout out to Masai. I, uh, I know him. He's doing a great job there. Uh, so, you know, I'm not I'm not fighting Toronto. I think they got a chance to do some things in ease. Uh, but obviously, you know, it's going to be tough going through LeBron. Uh, but I think they definitely have a chance to, to compete.
1: Quietly, the Indiana Pacers are sitting tied with the Wizards for the four spot. Yeah. How great does that Paul George for Victor Oladipo and DeMontis Sabonis deal look now for the Pacers?
2: I mean, I think it's kind of a toss up. You know, Paul's, you know, rebounded, you know, for OKC and played well. But I think, you know, if you last the first couple of seasons, I mean, first couple months of the season, it would have been hands down. Indiana got the. The, the better of the deal uh, between Sabonis and Oladipo. Uh, Oladipo, first-time All-Star, Sabonis, you know, playing great there. Uh, they've definitely, you know, helped Indiana kind of get better, you know, you know, from that standpoint. But uh, I'll, I'll give it a toss-up. Uh, but very surprised by how well Indiana's played. Oladipo, you know, could easily be, you know, most improved player. Uh, and they, they got a, they got a strong cast there.
1: I mean that that team is set up really, really nicely for yeah. I don't know what the cap situation is offhand. I'll, I'll check when we go to break. But Oladipo, Sabonis, Miles Turner, um, Collison's been strong at the point guard position. They they did a really smart thing, and and everyone thought they jumped the gun and they made a huge mistake in making the deal with Oklahoma. But uh, they were right on point, as we're going to continue to try to be, as we've successfully solved our tech issues on Kareem and the Coach. We'll be right back after this. The opening kickoff is a beauty.
3: 2.8
4: seconds
5: left to left. I don't care where they put him. This one is out of here.
3: From high school to the pros, we (laughs) we cover cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. Looking for the best show about horse racing and handicapping? Want to play the ponies? 1 p.m. Pacific to Ray Ellis Sports right here on the Voice America Network and let's talk football now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere get our mobile app for iPhone Blackberry or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store Blackberry App World or Android Market your internet flagship station for sports Voice America Sports
0: You're tuned in to Kareem and the Coach. Wanna add your voice to the conversation? Call in to 1888-346-9144. That's 1888-346-9144. Or drop a line via email to Kareem and the Coach at gmail.com. Now back to the show.
1: Welcome back to Kareem and the Coach. He's Kareem Rush. I'm the coach, Eric Newman. My man, you just uh, spotted something during break. It, 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 it's pretty. It's pretty funny. The reports keep surfacing about you know whether Gordon Hayward is gonna play this season or not. Well, what do you got over there in your? Room?
2: Yeah, yeah, I just read that. You know, I know Brad Stevens came out and the Hindi said, "Yo, he's not playing." And now I just read that Gordon is still, you know, holding out hope that, you know, if if it, if it makes sense and everything is right, if he's clear by the doctors, then he said he's gonna play. You know, I read that he's he's running on 70% of his body weight, hoping to move it up to 80%, and then doing some light jumping. So, if it all goes well, then he may make a return to playoffs. You know, as a ball stick fanatic, you know, what do you think about that? You should he come back and play? I do not think he should play this season. I think...
0: Well,
2: what if he's what, what healthy? Well, I mean, you, you know what type of more you know, victory that would be and how, how much guys would be excited. Even if it's he could pull a Willis Reed and play a couple minutes, but I think having him in uniform, being back out there, especially after it happened in the first 10 seconds or whatever it was in the first game, just having him back out there is going to be a huge more, more morale boost for the, for the guys.
1: I agree with that, but at the same time, you're telling me he's still... Seventy percent. Yeah, it's five weeks till the playoffs. We know how limited practice time is and we see the chemistry with this team right now. That's
2: just, the beauty just, of the beauty of the deal of the G League, beauty of having younger guys to play a little three on three after practice. You know, so you can find a way to kind of get back in shape and rhythm, you know, in the next five or six weeks, depending on you know how hard he can go. Uh, but again, your chemistry issues, all that type of stuff. You know, it's definitely, it can be a concern, but I think I said, I think from a morale standpoint, it could be a good boost for them.
1: I'd love to see it. I'm also at the point where, you know, people make fun of me for saying this, but this season's house money. I agree. They've done a great job with him out. They've developed their young talent. They've set themselves up to be the quote unquote next great team in the NBA for a, a long amount of time. So to bring him back now, and and I'm I'm obviously being overly cautious, but to bring him back now, and to put any of that in risk uh, at risk, is is what I'm concerned with. But listen, if the guy if the guy's hundred percent, that's what I'm saying. Then do it. I mean, sure, you you can
2: sure. shoot for the future, but you know why not play for now? If if they're looking at a one two C or wherever they finish up, you know, in the East, why not? You know, play for this year. If you know, we, we, we Hayward, can back and help.
1: If Gordon Hayward playing this season is what puts them over the top and gets them to the uh, NBA Finals, then th- that's the bar, right? Then the yeah. answer is yes, sure. Are, are they beating the Warriors this season or the Rockets, for that matter? If they figured out how to get out of the East without Gordon, I don't, I, I, I don't think they have a great chance. But what they do have is the versatility, flexibility, and Jedi mind of their head coach to make life very difficult for either of those teams if they got to the finals. But they've got to get there first. And there's one, there. Thing about, there's one thing about the Celtics. There's one thing about the Celtics. They will give you a heart attack whenever possible as a fan. Whether it was the KG Pierce teams... Whether it was the teams the last few years, which were a bunch of scrappers, or it's this team, they will they will put your health at risk from an excitement and drama level every night. So they'll make a great run. Whether Hayward will be a part of it, it remains to be seen. They are taking a page out of Belichick's book. They're not sharing too much information. I definitely think Belichick and Stevens talk. Absolutely. <laughs> and the Celtic front office is a, is a very smart front office. So. With that being said, let's not make this an entire Celtics show. Yes. Uh, Western Conference. Rockets. The, hit, the, the Rockets, Conference. The Rockets are red hot, 17 straight. The Warriors, yeah. half a game back. They've won seven straight, nine out of ten. The Portland Trailblazers are now 13 games over 500, have won eight in a row, nine of ten. Damian Lillard is playing on another level. They're the three. If you take Portland at the three, Utah – And Denver are tied 9-10. Four games separates eight teams between 3 and 10 in the West. I don't remember the last time we saw anything like this. So the question I posed to you before, which we got a little sidetracked on, who do you like, who do you not like in the West right now, 3 through 10?
2: I don't like New Orleans. It all depends on how severe Anthony Davis' injury is. He's been playing at a you know incredible level. You know, leading them to like you said, like what eight, nine in a row. They won ten in a row. Um, you know, so it all kind of depends on his health. You know, down the stretch. But the fact they moved up uh, all these spots into the four spot is all on his back. You know, I really like Portland. Like you said, Damian's playing at a, an amazing level. Definitely entering the uh, the MVP discussion. Uh, other than that, you know, from ten through ten through three, all teams are playing well. You know, nobody's playing poorly. Um, well, beside, the three,
1: the three teams. Well, the three teams that are sitting four through six right now—New Orleans, San Antonio, Minnesota—they're all dealing with a major injury issue. Yeah, you have Davis's ankle; he just went down. You have the Kawhi Leonard saga, which continues, and the Spurs had been slipping. They've lost seven of their last ten. They went back in time the other night, played Tony Parker a ton of minutes to get a win and sat uh, DeJounte Murray. And then Minnesota is now. uh, Four and six last. They've they've lost six of 10 because Butler's been out. So Oklahoma is tied with Minnesota in the 6 7. The Clippers are right there, tied in the loss column with four less wins. And then you've got Denver and Utah breathing down their backs this is going to be very interesting to see which of these teams can hold on despite having their best player sidelined and i there's something about utah and denver i really like i really like the style i really like the way the young talent's been developing obviously donovan mitchell's been the talk of the league um, I'm going to say again, I told you so to people from six years ago when I started mm-hmm. playing AAU basketball. I mean, they're 35 and 30; 30. they've won eight of 10, so they're dangerous. Denver is so much fun to watch. I don't know if you've watched any of their games, no, so but just I have. I mean, so yeah, much, so if much firepower. The Joker, Gary yeah. Harris, Will Borton. I mean, I I love watching Will Borton play basketball. Another guy I've played some basketball with. A friend of mine is on hold right now, and let's uh, let's throw it to our guy Chris Heller. Chris, you're on with Kareem and the coach. What's up, buddy?
4: Hey, coach. Hey, Kareem. How you guys doing? What's up, Chris? We chilling. Well. How you doing? Doing well. You? Doing, uh, doing, very well. It, it, it being March ninth and all. Before I get into a hoops question, I have to um, at least shout out the great Notorious B.I.G. Say respect and got put it. it to you guys. Just give me a quick favorite Biggie track or verse or something or fact something about Biggie that uh, stands out on this March ninth day of his. Kareem, you go first.
2: It was all a dream. It was all a dream. That's all I got. That's all I need to say. You know, Juicy. <laughs> You know, Big Papa one 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 of the greatest. You know, top three in my For in sure. my book, uh, MC of all the time. So you know, happy to to to, to Biggie B I G yeah. always.
1: I uh, I started my day, Chris, with things done changed while shooting nice. some morning jumpers today, and it was uh, it was the right way to start the day.
4: So uh, I, I, pour, I can't pour, think pour of a much, better, a much better way to do that. Actually, yep. good job, good job, coach. I'm actually wearing. <laughs> I'm wearing a Biggie shirt right now, listening to Biggie all day, so I'm uh, on the same. Of course page.
1: you are. Of course you are. As a
4: as a as a fellow
1: content creator, are you laying anything new down today?
4: I uh, I put a a Biggie playlist up on Spotify. A, a feature it's called Featuring Biggie because it's all other artists with Biggie as a guest verse is my is my theme huh. of the uh, the March ninth day this year. Can you, no, please, can you please send that to me as soon as
1: we get off the phone? Of course. Please. Of course. And uh, ma- Major, before you throw your question at us, major props to your Wolverines. I actually went to the game on Sunday, and uh, John Beeline is just really good at his job. Uh, he is. He's tremendous. Great, great chess match, and um, they played a great game against Purdue, and... You know, if I'm in the NCAA tournament, I, I don't want to see Michigan or Michigan State uh, show up in my bracket. But uh, what do you got for
4: us today, Chris? Lifelong Laker fan, Kareem. Appreciate your service. Uh, I appreciate my condolences. My condolences. Looking Chris. Look, my condolences. <laughs> <laughs> look at, looking forward, all right? Uh, obviously, everyone is uh, very excited about what what's happening in Lakerland, and everyone's psyched about Lonzo and Ingram and Kuzma. You know all. On on late contracts right now, and what I'm thinking about is obviously the big talk is is Lebron coming? Is he bringing Paul George two summers from now? Is it Clay Thompson? So I have have a couple couple things to throw out here. One, are we putting? uh, Is everyone going to be crushed if Lebron doesn't come? Because I think you know it's probably what a 20 percent chance, 30 percent chance that he actually ends up there. Is everyone going to be crushed? And if they are, if they are, is that is that the right move? Because Lebron obviously at, at some point this is going to stop, right? I don't know if it's <laughs> one year from now or or five years from now, but is that the right, th- the right way to go? Or the fact that they have this young nucleus that's actually building and, and kind of can grow into themselves is the right way to go to just kind of chill out, maybe get the George next year, maybe get the clay Thompson the year after, or is it other
2: nothing I, next year? I personally don't like LeBron coming to LA. I think from uh You know, fit standpoint, it just doesn't make sense. You know, you got a a guy in Lonzo who's obviously a facilitator, you know, hasn't, you know, proven to be a great three-point shooter yet. So you bring smiling LeBron, that takes him out of his, you know, comfort zone and and takes away his strengths. You know, same thing with, you know, Ingram and and Kuz. You know, those guys are playmakers. They've shown they can be playmakers. So, you know, having them and relegating them to being spot shooters and, you know, catch-and-shoot players I think it'd be a disservice to them in, in their development. So I think it sounds great, you know, LeBron would be great in L.A. being in a big market, but, you know, LeBron, I mean, he, he is LeBron, so I don't think he needs to go to a big market to, to make noise. I think it's just kind of a hoopla and, you know, uh, one of those dream scenarios where you come to L.A., but I don't see it happening. I think the Lakers have, a, you know, a nice young core they can build from and bringing in somebody more complimentary, a complimentary superstar. I mean, I like Clay. Uh, you know, he, he's more of a fit for them at two. They, they, they have a, you know opening spot there. Um, you know, so I think some better moves they can make you know, as opposed to kind of, you know, bringing on LeBron was, you know, change your whole, you know, standpoint, your, your whole team offense and all this, and all that stuff. So I, I don't like the move.
1: They finally have a good young nucleus. They finally have financial mm-hmm. flexibility. They finally have a real plan. Don't be in a rush. That's yeah. my whole thing. Like, don't be in a rush. You've got big names this summer. You have big names the summer after that. You've got young talent. I mean, what Julius randle has been doing. Obviously, Kuzma's been red hot since the beginning of the season. He's turned everyone's head. Ingram, Ball, who knows? Jason Hart might be a really good role player for them for a long time. Um, you know, they obviously made the deal with Nance, uh, sending him, t- you know, to uh, to Cleveland. But I, I think the fact that they get out of the money that Clarkson was eating up, they have this flexibility. Don't be in a rush, Chris, like seriously, there's no need to rush. I think by next year, these young guys will be ready to make a run uh, to challenge for a playoff spot. And obviously it depends on who they had this summer, but you know, I'd say the chance of LeBron Mm -hmm. right now is is 20% one in five. So we'll see, but Chris, thanks for the call. We'll definitely be uh, hearing from him again, loyal NBA and college fan. Great guy to talk ball with. And, of course, hip-hop and biggie. You're listening to Kareem and the Coach. We'll be back on Voice America Sports right after this.
3: Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America
0: Sports Channel. You're tuned in to Kareem and the Coach. Want to add your voice to the conversation? Call in to one 346 9144 That's one 346 9144 or drop a line via email to kareemandthecoach at gmail.com. Now back to the show.
1: And welcome back to Kareem and the Coach. Just had a great call from our man Chris Heller, loyal Wolverine fan as he uh, went to University of Michigan. And speaking of March Madness, I, I have to make a confession. I mean, I used to, like take a day off from school in middle school to watch the tournament with my oldest friend, who I went to the Michigan-Purdue game with at the Garden last week. And now I'm at the point where I couldn't tell you what's going on in college ball, aside from seeing a couple of buzzer beaters and, you know, knowing all the hype around the Duke kids and some of the others. I mean, I'm, I'm lost. I think it has to do with the fact that I've been so NBA-focused. I'm so focused, obviously, on projects and filmmaking but i am been so turned off by the NCAA and I'm so turned off about the things that we continue to see happen of course all these new developments so Kareem Rush I am worthless right now when it comes to talking NCAA March Madness I'm only—I mean, I haven't watched much either.
2: But you know, obviously, you pay attention to the the NBA prospects that you know that ESPN and all the outlets kind of focus on. You know, especially you know in my case, you know, in University of Missouri, Michael Porter Jr. came back and played—you know—his first game in the season and didn't play well. But you know, as a a surefire top five pick, was good to see him—you know—get back out there and play for the you know for the school. Didn't didn't get a did get a dub, but you know, other players that you know, Colin Sexton, that I've been hearing hearing a lot about. You know, obviously, Trey Young has struggled. You know, I wonder if he's going to make the NCAA tournament. Uh, this kid, DeAndre Aiden, you know, out of AZ, you know, with all the the media scrutiny around, you know, NCAA and, and what's going on down there. Uh, like I said, just like you, NCAA definitely turned me off. And, you know, hopefully, you know, something comes out of that, that, you know, the system has changed uh, because it's definitely needed. It. Uh, but, you know, the top five, Miles Bridges from, from from Michigan State is another one of those guys, you know, players to watch. So I mean, Terrific player. Yeah, yeah. Terrific I'm looking player. forward to watching the tournament. That's really where I get my college basketball fix in uh, some of the uh, the conference tournaments now. Uh, it's on pretty much all day long, so that's really where I get my, you know, my NCAA in.
1: Uh, you know, I'm looking forward to know, the tournament. You know what game I watched the other night? It might, it might be my favorite college game of the year. Not that that's saying a lot. Usually, I start watching a lot of college basketball in, in January. Conference games start. You get heavy college ball on the light NBA nights but it just it just didn't happen for me but the game i watched the other night being a new yorker is uh i watched liu <laughs> beat wagner at wagner for the uh for the nec title and there was nothing like a small packed passionate gym watching two schools separated by less than 15 miles playing each other and that was fun and that took me back to why we love college basketball in the first place and obviously I can speak to it as as a fan and and being around it a bit obviously uh, on the coaching side with events and clinics and whatnot you can speak to it from experiencing it i mean what was it like for you being at missouri and knowing you had all of these just missouri tiger loyalists in your corner year-round when you were representing that program
2: yeah it's a different feel from being an nba um you're young you know you just fresh out of high school you're your first time being away from your parents so there's a lot of freedom in that uh and you know being away from home and you know becoming a man so to speak so you know my my days in missouri were you know i look back on you know some of the fondest that i've had uh you know it was just a great time you know to play for the love of the game you know you're not getting paid you're out there to try to you know, put on for your, you know, you know, for your town, you know, for your school and have all the rabbit, you know, you know, college fans. We had a great, you know, we had a great, you know, fan base there. So definitely, you know, some of the most memorable moments, you know, playing down, you know, in Missouri.
1: If you had one magical moment at Missouri, what would it be? Magical moment. My pride, it would probably be
2: my, our loss, we lost the game against Duke uh my sophomore year, but it was the game that kinda of put me on the map. Uh, uh early in that year I, I broke my I had game scripture thumb and tore a ligament in my in my shooting hand. So I missed about seven games, but they retrofitted me with like a, a shooting cast on my hand. So I came back, you know, right in time for the Big Twelve tournament, uh led us, you know, throughout that and then the N C A tournament we played against Duke, number one ranked team. They had Shane Battier, uh Jason Williams. Uh, Mike Dunleavy, Carlos Boozer, you know, they ended up up going and winning the championship that year. I came out and had a great game, had 29 points, uh, eight rebounds and five assists with the shooting cast on my hands. So that was kind of the game that kind of put me on the map. Uh, That following year, I went into, as a preseason player, the year candidate, uh, you know, first team, uh, preseason All-American, you know. So that was probably my, you know, my my most memorable moment down in
1: Mizzou. That's very cool. Who was the best player and team you played against? When you were at Missouri, hands
2: down would have been the Duke that, that Duke team and, and Jason Williams. Jason <laughs> Williams was a monster boy uh, at the point. If he if he would never got hurt, he would have been a you know all time great for sure. Uh, you know combination of size, speed, shooting ability, uh, handles. I mean, he had Kyrie step type handles. Uh, it was just unfortunate that he uh, he got hurt. You know you know when he did, but you know it was, it was a great player.
1: He has become such a. Unbelievable presence and influence on young people, and uh, you know, for anyone listening out there, uh, Jay Williams he does a great job on ESPN, but to see him speak to groups and the um experiences he shares and their perspective is it's a really special thing. And Jay Jay's uh, Jay's doing a great job making sure he gives back to the world, and he turned. A tragic incident which had him on the edge for a long time he's turned it into quite a life for himself and as a player man he was as you yeah. said he was so tough he, he, uh, was, that, he,
2: he was the business boy
1: <laughs> oh, man. that 2001 title game duke in arizona i just remember thinking and for some reason i loved arizona basketball um through my childhood and when i you know as a, as a young adult was you know still rooting for them and I, I, don't know, I don't know I saw Sean Elliott play when I was when I was young I'm dating myself and Steve Kerr and Kenny Lofton of Major League <laughs> Baseball and you know and then just they kept having really good players and teams so by oh one when they had that team with Gardner and Arenas and Jefferson and uh, Michael Wright and Lauren Woods box. yeah I thought that was going to be their year and uh J. Will and I believe it was uh Levy, mm-hmm. and was that Booze as well? Booze Battier, yeah. Nate James. That was that was a heck of a team and a heck of a national final. That was a yeah. great game, great game. But um,
2: yeah, I put J. Will up there with like, you know, from point guards I've seen. You know him. Baron Davis comes to mind. Guys that were just amazing. Didn't Baron Davis was a all time great talent. Oh my God, Baron was a like I'm, that's why I'm excited to see Baron back in the Big Three this summer. I think he's going to do great. Uh, how, know, well, how well do you know Baron? I know Baron well. I mean, he went to school with my brother. Uh, I know Baron quite a bit. You know, since since I used to uh, you know in the league, and we also doing some other business ventures together. So I've known Baron for yeah. a while.
1: Well, we got to get with Baron. I worked uh, I worked on some of the Drew Doc. Uh, I was okay. lucky enough to work on some some stuff there with uh with my people at showtime and and met him and went down to his uh which was still it was still the d league but when he was in the process of figuring out the comeback uh, took the took the took the nice friendly drive down to delaware and uh filmed with him you know before during and after one of his his games and uh great guy to be around yeah good dude be, good uh, smart dude good energy yeah. Great yeah. business mind, actually. Yeah, very creative. Absolutely. Absolutely. What, what was that conference like back then for you, though? Playing playing in, in, in the Big 12, correct? Yeah, yeah.
2: It was a, it was a monster. I mean, yeah. We had, you know, we obviously had KU. They had great teams, and they won 14 straight, you know, tournament championships. Uh, but during my year, they had Drew Gooden, uh, Nick Collison, uh, Kirk Heinrich, they, they had some strong teams. You know, Iowa State was strong with, with Jamal Tinsley and Marcus Pfizer. Uh, Oklahoma had Hollis Price, um, you know, Aaron McGee. Uh, you know, Texas had Chris Mim, uh, Owens. They had a squad. So the Big 12 was, was, was very – was was tough. You know, it was very physical. Uh, a lot, And, you know, it, it, it was fun, man. We, we, had a, we had a great time. never, never get a chance to win um, a conference championship, but we was always competing and always had a great – I had a good team
1: so many good players in the league at the same time. And, you know, you, your senior year was was 02, correct? Uh, I, I left with my <laughs> junior, so, only so three, I only played three. Three. So you left you left after 2002. So that was still the time when guys were, unless they were elite, elite, were staying in school at least three, you know, two, three years, if not, mm-hmm. you know, four, like a Nick Collison I mean, do you remember what the, you know, I, I get very nostalgic now about what college basketball was like specifically in the nineties, Duncan, Grant Hill, Glenn Robinson, you know, you can, the names go on and on through Michigan state, you know, 2000 with Mo Pete and, uh, and, and Charlie Bell and Mateen Cleaves. But what do you remember about your time year after year knowing, all right, you're going to come back and you're going to see this guy again. And you added this ingredient to your game and, you know, Heinrich may have added this and Hollis Price may have added that. What was it like seeing the growth of guys that were going to be your conference rivals?
2: I mean, it was like you, you, you compete against these guys since, you know, since you were young. So these are guys you've seen, you know, throughout the, throughout the years. So, you know, competing on the college level is kind of the next step. And, you know, for me, uh, you know, the the goal was and the dream was the NBA, but I never really had had a focus on that when I was there. My freshman year, I, I got, you know, Big 12 Player co, co-freshman of the year. Uh, my sophomore year, you know, I should easily have been uh, the conference player of the year if I didn't hurt my hand. Uh, but even then, I wasn't even thinking about coming to the NBA. I could have probably been a top-ten pick, you know, after my sophomore year, but, you know, my focus was, was to come back to school and, and, and win a national championship. You know, so I think, you know, even back then, you know, the mindset was different. Uh, guys were coming out early and all that stuff, but You know, today is a lot more prevalent, you know, with social media and all this stuff. You know, it's a lot lot to deal with now. It's just a different atmosphere of college basketball back then. Uh, You know, but, you know, times change.
1: Yeah, and and I want to dig more into this with you because we had Adam Silver's announcement about how the NBA is going to get involved and really uh, putting their mark on how the system in the country works, which, of course, includes the NCAA and AAU. More on that. And the basketball world with Kareem and the coach on Voice America Sports. We'll be back.
3: Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports.
5: Get ready for the get down with Hurley Brown. Want to get inside of the minds of the players and coaches?
4: This week on The Revolution with Jim and Trav, we're talking pig pursuits. (coughs) With few season restrictions, generous bag limits, and plenty of opportunities, hunters never tire of burning some bacon. Joining us is Fred Eichler of Predator Nation, Hal Schaefer from Greg Zabedelli's Drop Zone, and Jerry Courtney, VP of Marketing for Ranch Hand. It's presented by Outdoor Channel, Sportsman Channel, World Fishing Network, and My Outdoor TV. Friday afternoons at 1 Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel.
3: America Sports.
0: You're tuned in to Kareem and the Coach. Want to add your voice to the conversation? Call in to 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or drop a line via email. To Kareem and the coach at gmail.com now back to the show
1: and we are live fourth quarter of Kareem and the coach Kareem rush the coach Eric Newman we were just talking about some of Kareem's memorable uh, NCAA college experiences starring at University of Missouri and then we started to talk about uh, where the NBA is in reference to the um, helping, adding its influence, all these things tied into the issues with the NCAA and AAU and the lack of a real structure and feeder system. So Adam Silver had this announcement recently saying that the NBA wants to uh, get rid of one and done. They want to have the G League be even more of a presence with developing talent and kind of a quote-unquote farm system and then getting involved with elite uh high school basketball Um uh, kareem what were your immediate thoughts after uh seeing these headlines and reading these articles
2: finally uh i think you know was, what's happened over a few months with NCA, i think it's just a tipping point you know where things need to be changed uh is obviously you know the system is absolutely broken and, and I'm, I'm happy to see that the nba's finally st- you know stepped up and you know you know, from the bar ball to everybody coming out with these, you know, different routes the guys can take and these kids can take to, to get to the NBA. Uh, why not have the, I am I understand why the NBA took so long to kind of get involved in the conversation. Uh, I think they've been kind of been, you know, been hand in hand with the NCAA and kind of, you know, holding these kids back a little bit. Uh, but with the public outcry, you know, what's been going on, I think they had to make a move, uh, you know, being that from pressure from the players in the player association or whatever, you know, whatever happened. Uh, I'm happy to see they finally make you know take a step to kind of improve the situation mm-hmm. for some of these kids because uh, it makes no sense you know that you know these kids who are obviously going to be in the NBA need to go to the NCAA it, situation is set up like that uh, and G League is you know purposely poised to be that you know, that, that farm system that the that, that, that teams can use uh, you know to kind of help these kids because kids are normally drafted you know one and done it probably one out of you know, one out of five maybe play, but the rest of those guys are going to the G League and you know, and getting time down there. So why not have these kids be able to come out of high school and go directly into that system? And if you do, cho- if you cho- do choose to go to college, just stay two years. I think it's a very simple formula that, that can be implemented that can change the whole entire system.
1: I think the G League can be a very, very useful and valuable tool to develop talent. I think it could be something that uh, gives these extremely talented teenagers, another option besides the NCAA. But at the same time, the youth system, the years and the evolution of these kids before they're 18, that whole thing needs to change. And, you know, I'd love to hear a little bit about your AAU experience Because as much as the AAU helps get kids recruited, I also think the AAU is a huge part of the problem here. I mean... Everything from lack of skill development to lack of life skills to playing too many games to floating from team to team to committing real NCAA violations, not the nonsense ones, but real violations. I mean what was your AU experience like and what are your thoughts top level on the AU? I mean, I think the whole problem with the AU stems from the
2: NCAA and having all these restrictions on amateurism and all that stuff leads to illegal activity. And, you know, if if, if the NCAA had a whole different, I mean, it all stems from that. Um, but from my experience at AU, we was one of the first, you know, super teams, you know, uh, to be sponsored by Nike, uh, our coach ended up. You know, we, we got involved in a huge, you know, criminal case where they said we were played to play in high school uh, in our AU team. I got suspended for nine games my freshman year. Uh, they suspended my brother for, you know, 20 or 30 games while he was at UCLA, all based on stuff we did in high school. Uh, mm. So, you know, the system, the whole system is broken, you know, from amateurism. You know, it it's all needs to, you know, be rebooted and and changed because, you know, it's all really about the money. You know, million billions of dollars are being, you know, being, being had, being made – and you know, off the backs of these kids. So they gotta go somewhere. You know, it's gonna go to but you're gonna go to, you know,
1: legal means and also illegal means. It's just kind of the way it is. I, I wanna see a flow chart. I wonder if we could find something that has shown the increase and we're just talking, let's just talk basketball and football right now, of the increased revenues since two thousand. For both the for the for the NCAA in terms of football and basketball. And I'm talking about the NCAA as a as an organization. I'm talking about the universities, and I'm talking about the coaches. I would love to see the increase in those dollars because in the past, I used to say, you know what, guys are getting an education, they're getting the college experience, they're getting uh, a chance to then be drafted if they're good enough, even though that's such a small percentage. But my opinion now is, every football player and every basketball player that's playing at a major Division One school or any Division One school that's bringing in revenue from their services needs to be seeing some of that money. Period.
2: Agreed. Yeah. Period. Any other business in in the world. the the labor gets paid (laughs) we're free labor for pretty much some scratch they they they, they're paying us with food and and room and board and that's that's all we get that's our compensation for bringing in billions of dollars you know to the ncaa which is a non-profit which we don't understand i want to see their yearly budget and what they do with all this money like it's 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 a mob system that's been allowed to to go on for way too long and I'm happy to see that, you know, it's finally, you know, change is coming. It may take some time, but, you know, the word is out there, you know, organizations like the NBA, you know, things with big power that actually facilitate change is finally stepping up and, and, and saying something about it. You know, I think in the next couple of years, we're really going to see a change and it's good to see.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, and obviously, Adam Silver has been doing such a great job uh, since he's taken over the reins of commissioner from David Stern. So what? Losing my train of thought here as we head towards close. Um, oh, th- the thing that really hit home for me was listening to Chris Weber talk about seeing his jersey being sold in the Michigan bookstore and having that moment where it's like, it's not just I'm bringing in ticket revenue and I'm helping with the TV deal, but people are now buying the jersey that I'm – Wearing representing the university, you, you, race you have
2: you had you have no idea how many times I I was walking on campus and signed jerseys of people wearing my jersey. on at school, I mean I did uh, it once or twice a day. Unreal. <laughs> yeah, and those that's forty five bucks that they make it off, off me, and I see none of that. You gonna tell me a, a four hundred dollars scholarship check is is equal to you know what I'm bringing in? It's ridiculous. You know it, it, I, I go to games. They holding up rush hour posters, twenty one jerseys all around, and. I'm, I'm supposed to be happy with a scholarship check for it, but I can't work. I can't. They put so many different restrictions on players as well, on student athletes. It, it's, it's ridiculous, honestly. Uh,
1: that's, that's nuts. I, I want us to continue this conversation through March Madness as we celebrate March Madness for the excitement and the passion for the game. But at the same time, uh, we have to talk about all the things that are wrong with it. So real quick, putting you on the spot right now uh just give me w- one team or matchup that you're looking forward to watching this weekend it could be college or pro before we go
2: one match i'm looking forward to seeing i mean i want to see houston i want to see if they can continue their streak you know 17 in a row so they can get to 20 uh we I mean, kind of seeing you know how the end of the season gonna play out uh would be crazy to have him be the one seat. And, and a two, it, it could end up being a 2-7 matchup with, between Golden State and San Antonio. So many different things could happen. I'm looking forward to kind of seeing a stretch run in the
1: West. Yeah, and we've got Houston at Toronto tonight at 7.30. So we'll see if the Rockets can keep the streak going. He's Kareem Rush. I'm the coach, Eric Newman. Another great show today. And we'll be back next week on Voice America Sports with Kareem and the coach. Have a great weekend, everybody.
0: And that's a wrap for today. Be sure to listen to Kareem and the Coach every Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time and 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Keep your head in the game and have a great weekend. We'll see you back here next week for more Kareem and the Coach.